Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Okay, so yeah, it's recording. So if you want to kick it, are you plugged in, wired up. Here I am, wired he, up. Here he is, he's coming, he's coming. And we're off. Yep. Oh, we're, <laughs> yep. we're off. Well, uh, yes. Are you uh, going to introduce us, normal intro? Yeah, of course, the normal intro. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast. I am Ray McLennan. And Nigel Best. And today we're going to talk about uh, Dragon's Den style exposure and how you can make that work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, just, suppose- uh, just, I was going to say, before we get going, if you can hear a bit of a hum in the background, it's the car. Uh, the car was looking a bit dirty. I needed Ray to come in and run his finger over it and get the dirt and grime out. If you uh, don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to a few other episodes. Out of the ventilation. Um, gri- but the, engi- the engine's on because the weather's miserable and otherwise we steam up and then it looks a bit odd. And this is a, a steamed yeah. up car with... Um, I, I, I wanted yes. to say um, Dragon's Den. Dragon's Den. In America, Den. for our American listeners, shark it tank. would be Shark Tank. So I'm, I'm sure you're aware of that. So what happens is people come on and they pitch. They get 10 minutes to pitch or so. Um, and then the dragons, the investors, sit there and they have a series of questions back and forward and then they uh, decide whether or not they yeah, want and, to invest. Okay, and this is really following on from the previous episode, uh, which I think is number 67, I think it was, um, which was talking about the media and how it can skew uh, for elections and make you um, dither over decisions to invest or not or yep. borrow money. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a classic case of the media jumping in to grab a headline. Because the headlines are, you know, Dragon's Den deal uh, makes them billionaires or Dragon's Den deal leads to total collapse or something. So it's it's total extremes. But what we wanted to talk about was when something's described as, you know, the deal has collapsed. Mm. So it was a great TV episode. It looked like an amazing deal. The media says, oh, my God, it's collapsed. And you think, wow, calamity. Exactly. It's a headline grabber makes you go in and read the story. And what we wanted to talk about was Dragon's Den and other types of media that expose you. Yep. And yep. I don't mean expose, expose. I mean, put you out there. Put the deal out there. Yeah. So, okay, well, Ray, what were we... What the one we, that we've just seen again that was a kind of highlighted this. Mm. So we've got two examples. We've obviously got the one who we know and love, which is Levi Roots, yep. who we know and love. And uh, we have another one, which is a chap called John Kershaw, and he was on Dragon's Den with a, couple of years a, ago, was it? a dating app called Bristler. Yeah, it was a couple of, couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, 2017. And uh, so he, well, I suppose we'll start off talking about Levi Roots, who we know and love. Um, we met him at his restaurant. We did. In uh, East London. Top, he, top bloke, top restaurant. Top look, top restaurant. Yeah. He went and on we're to, not even sponsored. He went on to Dragon's Den and famously got 50 grand from Peter Jones and uh, the Australian guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's on the tip of my tongue. He's on the tip of your tongue. Peter Farley? No. Sorry, Richard Farley. Farley. Richard Farley. Richard Farley's Farley. Rusks. Farley's oh, no, Rusks. Yeah, um, okay, yeah. And they yeah, put yeah, up yeah. money yeah. and Levi Roots had a, a sauce 
uh, a jerk style sauce, yep. reggae reggae sauce as he yep. called it, put music in your food, all that, so carry on. And Peter Jones had the distribution. Now, what um, Levi Roots wanted was, the money was handy, yes, but he wanted this distribution and he wanted the know-how and the it, to scale experience. Up. To, to go from yeah, homemade correct. to, to big, scale up. large scale production. So uh, it went very well and the deal happened and they put their money into it and Levi Roots now, you can Google him, has a net worth of something like $40 million. But that was about 10 years ago. So I think it was 2008 yeah, or nine. It, it was be. about then, yeah. 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 Um, and that worked out really well. So quite often, whenever Levi Roots does anything, it's Dragon's Den, Star, yep. Star of Dragon's Den. You know, it, it, it goes back that way and it's very good. So what we want to talk about is how you can get that kind of exposure. And uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but we'll talk about the other deal which collapsed. So yep. we've got one that worked out really well and then we've got one that collapsed. And, and yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to jump in because there's a couple of things. There's some real strong similarities. And on the podcast, Ray, we've spoken about how when you are pitching, there needs to be some things in there. Yep. So, yes, the Crest model, we're still not sponsored by Crest Toothpaste. Nope. Um, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but it's either that or we need to come up with a Colgate you know, <laughs> model <laughs> or, some, or something yeah. like that. But no, um, these two people, we talk about pitching and you talk about... Okay, what do people buy? Yeah, obviously, the product, there's got to be some sort of product or service there. There's got to be some sort of opportunity. But what do they really buy? They really buy the person. Correct. Now, the similarity between Levi Roots and uh, this chap Kershaw, is John Kershaw, is that all the dragons thought the person was a really engaging very attractive person from a business partnership very point credible of view. That's it. credible honest um, and both of them if you ever watch the episodes back to back you'll find that instead of some of them when they they get asked a difficult question and they try and bluff the way through it mm. these guys just went uh i don't know sort of thing um, <laughs> yep. that's out of my comfort zone i'm not too sure about that and and, and they were totally honest and it was you know refreshingly honest and mm -hmm. so, because sometimes people try and give you the ball uh, and, and try and give an answer and those dragons see right through it as a TV program it's perfect because they've set themselves up to be absolutely chopped off at the ankles haven't they mm. by these dragons but when you get someone who's both engaging likeable and very honest they all want to invest absolutely um, Levi Roots uh, famously produced a bit of paper that said he had you know two million litres um, uh, required uh, of the sauce uh, as, a, as an order and Richard Farley pulled it apart and went well it's not actually it's 2000 yeah. you know, there's a massive difference <coughs> yeah. um, um, but they went for him because he was honest he said look I don't know he was engaging they felt that it was someone he could work with and John Kershaw he went on I mean before he went on he said he was absolutely bricking it but he did uh, a very good textbook pitch and again almost unprecedented in the show all five dragons wanted to invest even one of them after hearing the other dragons offer went back and dropped he reduced it he he, he, his amount i'll give you the full amount but i'll take a lower percentage equity that was it so um kershaw manchester based they wanted 80 grand for 15 percent and one of them offered uh started 80 80 he offered 40, 40 grand for 12 and a half percent yeah 
Yeah. yeah, he wanted 25% of the business. And then the other two offered 80 grand for 20%. Yeah. So that gave it a valuation of about 400,000, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Pre-money valuation. And uh, yeah, uh, they thought, well, he was very credible. They made an offer. Um, they said things like, I want to go in this journey with you. Peter Jones actually said, uh, you know, I have a company called Brand Source and we want to invest in you. And he pointed directly at him, you know, whether or not this app that you're putting towards us works or not, we want you uh, to work with us. Which was very much what he did with Levi Roots. Yeah, yeah. You know, the source yeah. may or may not make it, but the person uh, is, is who I really want to invest in. Uh, which I think it, Levi said in the, in the show we did, said Richard invested for a return, Peter invested in me. Yeah, that's it. And, and I think, so if, if ever you're thinking to yourself, right, okay, I need to go in front of some people and I'm going to have to make a pitch, um, there's some great things that you can learn from there. Know your limits, be honest about your limits and say, that's why I'm stood in front of you because not only do I want the money, but I also need the technical help or the knowledge or the experience to overcome this shortfall, which I know I've got, mm-hmm. but I don't have 10 years to go away and learn it. I am looking for this investment to try and shortcut that and bring in your experience to plug the gap. And this guy, John Kershaw, was very good at being honest, but also fairly self-deprecating in his Mm -hmm. humour. He was, yeah. um, Which, again, was a very engaging uh, way of doing it. His his tone and his body language was very open. Um, He smiled. He was, uh, you know, very, I wouldn't say relaxed, because I don't think anyone is relaxed in he that kind of situation. He was obviously nervous. You could see he was nervous. Uh. But, but you know, he was, he was refreshing to see someone like that, because sometimes, you know, when somebody pitches something, they sort of half say it, and then when they dig and they scratch away at the surface, mm. they kind of reveal, oh, yeah, it's not Sainsbury's the supermarket. It's my mate, Joe Sainsbury, who owns <laughs> a greengrocer yeah. at the end sort yeah. of thing. Um, and it's all all these things, and and that's why I think, you know, they got these offers. Now, what transpired beyond the offer is obviously what we thought would be useful talking about today. Indeed. Well, if you look at Levi Roots, got an offer, and then it went ahead, and he got the money, he got the investment, and uh, he went on to make a lot of money. Yeah, Richard Farley got paid back out because that's Farley what he did. wanted. I think Peter he put Jones in, stayed in. He put in what is it, twenty five grand? Twenty five got, got two forty or something like that. It was, ne- it was nearly. Yeah, I know. It was it was a great return. It was for a him. great return, um, but this guy uh, John Kershaw, who we're talking about with the app, the Bristler app. What happened is, uh, you know, immediately after the show, they go into this production room, small room with the crew there, and they meet and they film a thing called the first encounter after the den. They have some on-camera conversation, and then they get an on uh, a chance for an off-camera chat. And everybody wants to complete the deal fast. Um, then the BBC have both sides contact details so they put them in touch with each other um, and then uh, the guy doesn't hear from the production crew again until months later when they call to fact check before they before they broadcast um, so uh, so he got, he's very much going from the TV show to, to business straight contractual into heads of oh, yeah, terms straight into and it. all that Absolutely, sort of thing straight yeah. into it yeah. so he uh, John Kershaw got into a call with them right after the show a couple of weeks after which is apparently quite fast and they start chatting through how everybody wants everyone's still okay with this point and they're all moving on however what happened around about the same time his company was approached by one of its larger clients who says that the founder had learned that he was preparing to take on more investment and asked if they could be part of the deal now they were not aware of 
the Dragon's Den offer. But what they did do was they were willing to invest in a 1.5 million pre-valuation, which is significantly up from Dragon's Den. Yeah, now, kind of four well, times almost well, about, yeah. isn't it? So now that presented a problem because uh, it would require the Dragons to either take up uh, the offer or less equity. And in the next chat, uh, your man Kershaw brought it up with one of the investors who knows his way around it, and he said he was okay with it because he could see where it was going. So effectively, their their twenty percent became six percent for the same right. amount of money. Okay. And he said he'd be happy with that, but Peter would not complete in it because it's so far removed from the deal they agreed, which was fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they had. So uh, essentially, the dragons have have now been usurped by this other potential investor. This other unnamed client. Uh, who's yep. valuing the company, willing to invest at a much higher valuation of the business. So, okay, so the dragons are out of the picture. Mm -hmm. You've now got this new investor. Yep. And what happened next? Um, well, the, uh, the final, perhaps, I suppose, ironic twist of fate, the unnamed investor also went on to pull the deal in favour of simply remaining a customer. So but, this is where your headlines of yeah, yeah. Collapse, collapse, calamity, disaster, doom and gloom. But what they're not telling you is that by this time, um, the company is called M14 Industries. The funding round had uh, filled out nicely and had closed. So they got a six-figure sum from a funding round. And uh, obviously the exposure on Dragon's Den as well would go on to increase, um, increase their revenues and increase everything. So the deal didn't complete, but they're still on good terms. They didn't, you know, it didn't yep. collapse, they didn't part on bad terms. Yep. It was actually a good thing. So uh, how can you use this? You're listening, you want to get some kind of exposure like this. How can you do this? Well, it's really quite simple and we're about to tell you why. And yeah, so and you, didn't, just, you wouldn't have seen that no, on the podcast, but it, Nigel just, just gave me a... <laughs> he's just got a tissue out <laughs> and he's wiped down the dashboard just of the car. just gave me a dirty look because <laughs> I'm holding a napkin here and I just decided to nervously wipe the dashboard. <laughs> right, sorry. Yeah, anyway, back to it. Back so, to it. Okay, now I'm going to tie in something else here, Ray. Right. Uh, I was listening to someone who's talking about the latest research out of the States and they were talking about... Um, touch points so a lot of people say how many touch points does it say before someone trusts you and wants to invest or lend you money or do a deal with you or buy from you mm -hmm. and the traditional thing is something like seven mm -hmm. now what they were saying was uh, research has shown that this could be moving and and have moved substantially to maybe 33 touch points really 33 is how it could be now the thing is that you suddenly think oh my goodness how do I do that but what they're saying is, with social media, and mm. let's think of Dragon's Den, it sits there on YouTube or BBC iPlayer or wherever it is, yep. and people can see it, and they might see a snippet. Mm -hmm. They might see a reference to it. They might see an article related to it. So without you having necessarily done anything, this digital asset that's out there could lead to four or five touch points on its own. Yep. And what they're saying is with social media, if, you, if you're not doing online social media marketing for your business or for yourself or for your position, you may well be missing out on the ability to get in front of people. And in a crowded marketplace, you're going to have to put an awful lot of content out there so people can see you and kind of say, oh, that's that guy from Dragon's Den. Oh, that's that guy from the Bristler Beard app mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. And, and they say more and more of you. So whilst in the old days, 
or older days, uh, it may have been seven touch points, which may have included face-to-face, -face, a telephone call, and that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Now what they're saying is 33 includes all these things where you're unaware that people have had a touch point with you because they've seen an old video, they've seen some old contact, um, and this is what's building up. Now, the reason that that's interesting is because what they were saying is, as well, in their re research, they were saying that people will buy from you within 30 days to two years after first being made aware of you. So for all those people that are out there who are trying to get something done on social media and they try Facebook ads for a week, <laughs> well, it's, it's, you're going to struggle to make that work. 33 touch points, potentially, and also it might take 30 days. And in 30 days, you might expect something like 14 or 15% of people only mm -hmm. to be willing to purchase at that point. Roll on two years, and within a two-year time scale, that moves on to 80% of people may be willing to buy from you. Now, I raised this in a mastermind that I do, and I was talking about it because as we went, went around the room and what were the successes of that month, mm -hmm. people were talking about, oh, I had someone that I spoke to last year who's now come back and said they've got some money that they want to invest with me and do a project. I had someone that I spoke to a couple of years ago. I met someone about three years ago mm. who says they've seen my stuff and they've finally come forward. And I just said, right, you have just described what this research is showing mm -hmm. uh, as potentially the truth. So when we talk about Dragon's Den, all right, that initial deal collapsed, but that as a recording is still out there. Yep. That Bristler app, dating agency um, is still being talked about it's still being referred to uh, people are still commenting on it it's still going into Google we are now doing a podcast about it these are all little touch points where people go I've heard of him I've heard of him that's interesting he's still doing a tech uh, I'm a tech investor that's interesting mm -hmm. I need to find out more about this and before you know it if you are putting content out there on social media um, when we've spoken before about creating your online presence and people will search for you, you may well have gone to Dragon's Den and thought, I didn't get the money or the deal collapsed, what a disaster. You couldn't be possibly further from the truth because this sort of asset that's out there, a digital asset, mm -hmm. just keeps going yeah. and going and going and people comment about it and people reference it and people well, talk about if you look at it now, and it's there you know, and it's building it up. If you look at now there are people, politicians, people that are in the public eye that are being condemned for something they said 10 years ago. Yeah. So if people are seeing something that was written 10 years ago that was bad, they're going to see something 10 years ago that was also good. So um, what you want to do, so, so, so the subject of this is uh, Dragon's Den style exposure and how you can make it work for you. So, yes. so, so the, the way so to make it work for you is... Exactly. So, all right, yeah, make a, a, a short video, a three-minute pitch um, to whom it may concern, open-ended, mm -hmm. put it out there. If you're on LinkedIn, you might well put it there and say, look, I'm looking to talk to someone, you know, a bit of help. Does anyone know anyone that might be interested in something like this? Mm. Ask for advice and you might get the money. Yeah. Um, and you put that out there. That keeps going. You can put this into various places, various platforms. So Google on your website... Um, blogger, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, whatever it is, podcasts, Instagram, Pinterest, those sort of things. These things are still there and can be referred to. If people go back to you and want to look at your history, check you out. If these things are there, they go, oh, that's who that was. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's amazing how these things can sit there in the background, just, you know, compound effect. Yep. As people start looking, they go, my goodness, I've never heard of this guy, but look at it. There's loads of stuff about this guy. Um, they see an old video. I like him. I like the style. Mm -hmm. You know, that lady there, I like what she's talking about. I like her business ideas. It can all sit there. So when you get that headline, Dragon's Den deal collapses, <laughs> you know, yeah. that dramatic thing. But actually, if you read the story, it was still a success mm -hmm. because they went out there. They put themselves out well, there. Well, a huge success. Other people yeah. were attracted. Neither of those initial ones worked. But they still managed to raise funds. Absolutely, in the and if you look at the viewing figures, I mean, it's in the millions. It's you know, okay, it's not it's not what it was years ago, but it's still in the millions. It's still very very good. But the other thing about these other platforms, uh, for example, you know, your website, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you do podcasts, Instagram. Um, we were talking to a guy there who got forty-five thousand hits on a video that he'd done. So you make a well, video. Well, downloads, 45,000 45, downloads, downloads now, in a now, day. To, to put that into context, in one day, 45,000 yep. downloads. He said that that is like filling a Premier League football stadium yep. or the O2 Arena several nights in a row. Yep. And when you look at it from that context, you know that, that that is the sort of reach that you can get now on social media. Yeah. Um, he, uh, well. Absolutely. It could be 10 times a basketball match. It could be sort of four times the, the biggest tennis arena. Yeah. It could be more than the entire crowd on the final day of a major. You know, this is an amazing ability to reach a lot of people. Yep. And if it's positive, that has the knock-on effect as well. Mm. But so of, of, of spiraling so, so out. Does, so, so does negative. <laughs> but yeah. you'd like to think if you were on a BBC programme... It shouldn't be too negative. So well, if, you, if you're wondering, right, here's, my, here's yeah. my top recommendation. If you were wondering whether to do Dragon's Den, I would study what makes a good pitch and give it a go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because even if your product, they don't invest in it, if it's a really good pitch and they, and they end up saying, do you know what, it's just not my flavour, but you seem a really credible and investable person, mm -hmm. that could be worth a tremendous amount. We were also talking to somebody today who had two million views, views, of, a, of a, a video and the video was made by this 3. guy 3.2 million 3.2 3.2 million, million. Oh, million God, shot up already he was wearing a stripy shirt and people started making comments about he looks like a deck chair yeah. you should hit him like you know hit him with a deck chair and all this yeah. carry on and the algorithms pick up on that because it's engagement it's engagement people were then defending him other people were coming on and having a go at agreeing, him agreeing and, yeah. and all the time in the background what this was doing was yep driving people to buy his book it was driving yep. people to buy his book now he he released his book on the same day as uh, a very famous SAS soldier released a book called Ant Middleton in the UK and he went online then to make comments and say you know because he didn't know who Ant Middleton was but he, sa he said online instead of buying Ant Middleton's book you should be buying my book and that led a lot of people to jump in and defend Ant Middleton and, yep. and, and say who the hell are you you know you've just written a you know you've written a book about property and this is a guy who was in the yep. special air service how dare you and all of that engagement was driving people all the time and guess what his book went to number one yes in uh, <laughs> absolutely number one in uh, in, uh, in, in the bestsellers in the bestsellers it, list it, it's just it, crazy it's, it's one of these things. So again, again, we were talking with someone else who was very fearful of appearing on videos on social media. I get that. Now, here's a piece of advice that someone gave to me a while back, um, and it was 
Actually, she's on a previous episode, Joanne O'Connor, uh, on the How to Raise Money podcast, but she recommended a book called Alter Ego, and it includes the story of Beyonce and how, from her background, singing raunchy songs was so far out of her comfort zone mm-hmm. that she had to create a, a different persona, a different character Because Beyonce was, a, was a spiritual church, Baptist, church singer, Baptist yeah, singer. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and and that from a very tight community, very loving, and that was not the way that she, you would behave. What was her name? Was it Sasha Fierce or something? Something like that. Yeah, I <laughs> can't remember. But there were other sports people as well. When they crossed the white line, they had a different persona and they went out. So if you're thinking to yourself, look, there's no way I could go and Dragon's Den. Okay. What about doing some videos just for your website, talking about things? Mm-hmm. What about putting a couple of videos on LinkedIn or on your Facebook page? Mm-hmm. You know, start small, get some feedback from some friends and say, does this make sense? Here's my message. Can you understand that message? This is who I'm trying to attract. Does it sound like that? You know, put it out there um, because these assets could be the touch points that make up the 33 touch points over the course of say 18 months before someone comes along and says actually Ray you seem like a thoroughly decent egg yep. you know I'm going to how about I lend you 50, 50 pence for your next <laughs> coffee for your next coffee <laughs> yeah and I'd like the froth off the top please yeah, yeah. Um, you know that sort of thing we don't know do we but what someone once said to me a, a while ago is if you don't do your own social media be careful that someone doesn't do it for you mm. Good, so good it's, there's always a, something. Take control of it right now. Mm-hmm. You set the agenda right now. You set your framework. You, one of the clear messages you should say is who this is for and who it is not for. Mm-hmm. Because you want people who um, are thinking, I think this is for me, but I'm not too sure. And when you say, well, who it's not for, they go, perfect, because that's definitely not me, and I'm glad it's not that. So mm-hmm. think about creating these assets, because when you're trying to, pitch for money, raise money, some people are going to go away and check. And if everything that you have done uh, regarding this is in integrity, in alignment, then that will give people confidence going Mm -hmm. back to Crest and the toothpaste model. Yep. Well, um, <laughs> I suppose I'll get off the soapbox. No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> short. So, so just to kind of wrap this up, uh, you want to do a short three-minute video. You want to say who it's for and who it's not for. Be very specific about that. The next point, number three, is you want to say exactly what it is. Be very, very clear on what it is that you're doing. Um, the next one, number four, would be why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, uh, and, and, they're, and they're key. So the what and the why, you can talk about the what and the why. If you go into the, the one after that, the how, mm-hmm. if you go into the how too much in detail, people switch off. Yeah. Um, the how can be the, the least bit at this point because it's only when you get the face-to-face meeting they say, right, I like you. You know, the dragon's den pitch. Mm-hmm. I like what you're saying, but let's get in this darkened room and let's find out how the hell this is going to work that's that's when you do that so the what and the why are really key but after how you would talk about when when you're going to do it when you're going to do this yep definitely um, and then what if 
what, yeah, so what if objections. You, what if, yeah, what if this happens, what if that? Yeah, you're basically covering all the objections. Um, that, that and is, the scenarios. These that, are your exits, aren't yeah. they? Objections, Correct. exits, that sort of thing. So, so, so run down that list again. So we've, managed to go, we've managed to go from no points to seven. We've got seven points. That's we it. Are. We're going to put these in the show notes. So if yeah. you're listening to this while you're driving, you don't have to take notes. You don't have to scribble this down. You don't nope. have to start recording. Um, you want to... We the, probably the, should have told them that at the beginning. We probably should have. The uh, suggestion of the book was Joanne O'Connor, Alter Ego. That was the book signed. Yeah, that was her Nigel's. recommendation that she didn't write it. That's it. That, yeah. that talking Alter about. Ego. Yeah, yeah. I'll put that in about. as well. I'll put a link to that as well. Uh, so the seven things you want to you want to do if you want to get a Dragon's Den style exposure and you want it to be around for a long time and you want to look back on it in a few years time and think I did a good job there. That was yep. okay. You want to make it short and sharp, but you've got to include these things in it. So short three minute video, nice three minute video. Ideally, do it in landscape, not portrait. Have a beige bland background or walk down the street and do it if it suits you that way but try not to have it too busy in the background and there, there are plenty of apps where it will put up subtitles yeah um, good point it, you know so people can watch it then in silence and still see it very good so point with the subtitles so yep. have a look for that um, uh, can, you, can you remember cli- uh, clips clips clipomatic that sort of thing as an app that's on apple i don't know if they're on android but these are I ones where I didn't go into Burger King. Uh, <laughs> these um, these are ones that uh, will will are pretty accurate. You can go in and edit the actual uh, words, but um, yep. they're pretty accurate and that's okay. quite useful. All right. But yeah. So number two would be who is this for and who is it not for? So yep. make that real clear. So if anybody's if anybody stumbles across your video and they're watching it, uh, they can either you know just tune straight out which is fine if it's not for them that's absolutely fine if it is for them then they're more likely to stay to the end especially if they can see that the video is less than three minutes yeah or even less than two minutes you never know so number three is is what What be clear about what it is that you are doing yeah number four would be why you're doing this what's the motivation behind it you know how did you come up with the idea where did it come from and also why it's important for them to watch it yeah why this is important for the person watching this video why it needs you know you know why they should watch the rest of it and all the rest of it then you would go into number five which would be a bit about the how how you're planning to do it how you're going to get this across the line uh, you know if, if it was if you look at Levi Roots how he was going to do it was through distribution and he needed to get into supermarkets how uh, Kershaw was going to do it was that he needed to get uh, he was talking about going global radio stations and getting it through there so he was talking yeah. about the how yeah um, the when is obviously the next point and when is you know, yeah when you're, are you going to start when's yeah. this going to happen what's the time scale on it things it could like be that? that you say you want to catch it you know Q2 Q3 this is something that needs to be launched in time for the Christmas market in which case it's got to be out there for September October time or, or something like that if there is a reason or if there is a deadline coming up it's best that you say it and finally no, finally what if so the exits, what if it doesn't work, what if it does this, you know, all the objections, I'm worried about this, what if this happens, that happens, so just have a few exits. Good, that's it, okay, so there we are, um, bang on time. Yeah, pretty uh, good is that. End of the podcast, I was have gonna we say, had any reviews? Oh, right, you put me on the bloody spot now, <laughs> yeah. I think we have had a few reviews, we've had a good, few good reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you're listening to this uh, and you want to listen to either Nigel or, my, or myself in any other podcast, then we ought to really tell you that uh, we each have other podcasts. Um, Nigel, do you want to tell them about your uh, dad business? Yeah, I've, I've got one called The Dad Business, which is me um, talking about how you juggle trying to be the best dad you can be whilst also trying to be an entrepreneur and run a business uh, and sometimes I get helped out by my now 10 year old uh, who chips in with um, 
you know, some revelatory um, things, normally about me and how rubbish I am. But uh, yeah, uh, so that's good fun. I also got one called the Business Profit uh, Podcast, Business Profit Club Podcast, which is talking about more of the online marketing style things. So chatbots, artificial intelligence, Facebook ads, that, that side of things. Okay. Uh, and Ray, you're, you've got some as well. I have one called The Skill Stack, The Skill Stack Podcast. And the Skill Stack podcast is um, very podcast much or podcast 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 pod. <laughs> yeah, it's very much aimed at the American market uh, because it's you know the, the skillstack.com is priced in dollars that sort of thing. It's aimed at the American market because I have a desire to go over there and do some public speaking in America, but it's equally as relevant to the UK. What's it about? Well, uh, there are going to be lots of industries decimated in the next few years. And if you are lacking in certain skills in certain areas, then my suggestion is you need those skills now to make yourself bulletproof, to grow your value, so that if you are ever in a position where they're making people redundant, they won't pick on you. And if they do pick on you, at least you have the skills uh, to go on and do something else for yourself. For example, we're doing all sorts of things, podcasts and and public speaking and property, etc., a number of other things. So I am uh, living and breathing what I am preaching about. So back to uh, the end of this How to Raise Money podcast. And Nigel, let's just get... Oh, here we go. It's come up. It's come up. It's come up. Um, Have we done that one? I don't know. Do it. Um, Oh, no, I think we have. (laughs) I think we have. Um, That's the first one. They come up in a really odd order. Um... And I've only got what, only one of them has appeared. Oh no, see all. Here we go. All right. If only I knew what I was doing. If only. Um, I ask that all the time. Where's your money? You don't want to have it's silence in a podcast, Nigel. So <laughs> I can edit it out. You can edit. <laughs> but you're not going to. <laughs> you lazy <lose> your <laughs> Um Today would be nice. All right. All right. Well. Uh, Oh, how about this? Have we had this one? Say it and Scotty, find out. Scotty from New Zealand. Say it and find out. Here we go. These guys are absolute gravy. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Keep it going, guys. Absolute gravy. Yeah, you just see gravy. that in his, in his uh, New, <laughs> Scotty. New Zealand Scotty. New Zealand Scotty. Truth, mate. Have some Thank more you, fish. And Truth, mate. That's flipping Australia. Right, have some more fish and chops. Did you not say it was New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand. Did he send us a text? <laughs> That's New Zealand. That was via South Africa. What do you think. mean via South Africa? <laughs> nothing like a South Africa. Exactly. Oh. That's my point. <laughs> it was nothing like anything. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, here's another one. Listening to this is a must. Um, M1 Shell. So Michelle L. Brilliant <laughs> podcast from two extremely knowledgeable individuals. If you want to learn about all things finance, then this is the go-to podcast. Michelle, thank you very much for that. Um, That's brilliant. But just a a general thing. Um, We're looking for people who have had some interesting raising money uh, journeys. Yep. Uh, That would always be interesting to get you on and let's go through the steps that you took and how you felt Mm-hmm. If you did it, that's yep. all, that would always be great. So we've now overrun. We've got a few people that, um, that are lined up and yes. that we will be interviewing. But yes, if you have raised finance, not that doesn't have to be through us. Uh, lots of people have, but if you've raised money through friends, family, you, yeah, anything, yeah, uh, you can always email, interested to know. You can email me ray at raisingangelfinance.co.uk and just simply put podcast in the subject line, and we will get back to you and sort um, something out. Yeah, we'll put some contact details in the show notes as well. But right. Great stuff.
Okay, I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel Best. And you can get me on uh, I'll Twitter. Put it, I'll put them in. I'll You're going to put all in. that on? I'll put it in. All right, I'll put it in the show notes. Good. Yeah, because right. you're driving at the moment, so they are. tweeting whilst you're driving is not good, is it's it? It's never a good thing. No, right, it's not. Okay. And right. on that bombshell. There we go. Thank you very much for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. Thank you and goodbye. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire.